Yeah, we just got them at our right. Pride. They're good. Right. Those are good. Those are good. Now let's start the show off. What? How about Sean? that? How, How about, about we that? do a podcast? Good afternoon and welcome to the Hard Luck Show. I'm a certified, qualified West Side host, Steve Lucky Luciano. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into the Hard Luck Show. It's the greatest show on earth. Coming at you today from the bunker in Southern California, sitting across from me, my co-host and partner is Chumahan Bowen. American, Indian, Southern Californian, elegant barbarian, bringing you the odd couples once again. Yeah! Do you remember that? Yeah, of course, bro. One of the greatest fucking theme songs of all time. Senior, do you remember that show? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And on sound, old Blue Eyes himself. Sean Lewis, certified audio professional, engineer, oh shit, for the hall, look, show, 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 what is that, Sean? So, it's <laughs> the echo. So a little, little chrome star and sesamin, little some little dubstep. Oh, some you know about that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he, he knows a little. That's large. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome you to. A very special show. Today, we have a couple very special guests. The first one, Mr. Frank, Big Frank Waters. Welcome to the show, Frank Waters. Who, by the way, is synonymous with the city of Santa Monica. Welcome to the show, Frank. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for having me here on the Hard Luck Show. Yeah, we got we, we got some uh, we got some good shit for the Yeah, we do got some good shit. We got some history. We got some information, boy. That's gonna be shared with you today. Hey, this is real LA history that you can lean on. Come on, that you can lean on. If we come on, I'm gonna need somebody to lean on. You gotta just call on me, brother. You gotta lean on this podcast. Yeah, I lean on you. I lean on you. That's what it's about. Also, who joined him? His son. 
Frank Juarez Jr. That's my boy Cisco coming in. Welcome to the show, Frankie. Yes, sir. Chachi. Yeah. A father and son. Yeah. Right, come, on. Get too tired. come on. I got hoes. Baby boy. What's up, Frankie? Welcome to the show, man. Frank. Glad to be here. Yeah. Finally. We see days, late night, purple hair. Yeah. That is me. Man. Actually, I wrote the lyrics for Ice. Yeah, I did. I wrote the whole. I wrote the whole track. You might. Uh, you might be dropping a little uh, freestyle later, Dave. Yes, you get off the mic. Yes, sir. Does, does Frankie's got a, a music? Oh yeah, he make he makes music and he raps. He produces dude. and he raps. Did the Supermax anthem for this cat? Did yeah. you? Yeah. Where the fuck it. is that at? On the IG. On my IG. We're trying well, to get it. We're trying up. to get it put together with a little reel. Oh. We're trying to make a reel out of it. But yeah, you, pull it up. Pull, pull it up. up. Wait, 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 wait. Producing and rapping. What would you say? Well, first of all, do you have what's your rap name? You got like a handle or whatever that you work under your C art? C bands. C bands. Let's go, mm-hmm. Bandito, baby. Mm-hmm. Man, I love that. Yeah, are you gonna, is he going to be able to pull that up from that? Yeah, if he goes to the IG, well. So we're working on our real. So westbound 10 to the end, W-S-T-B-O-N-D, 10, 10 till the end. We're trying to do a little reel where we use his song to make a little Supermax commercial. Hmm. It's the one all the way to the left. Mm. Right. Got it? You got to hear it. Right. All right, hit it. That one, that All right, we got we go. uh, Blue Eyes is queuing it up right about now. Right. Okay, Super you guys, Mexico. here we go. Come on. Westside City of Angels. Yeah. Supermax Hardware. Shouts out to the couple. Lucky Luciano. Shouts to Naka. And the whole Supermax clip. Worldwide certified from the code of the scroll. Legendary on the streets and be the brand of some gold. From the feet of Regina Concrete yeah. to the set. You know the hardest eating label, Supermax the brand. From his wrestlers and cats. Haters can stand it's originated by the buses and G's. Who be the flyers? They were all stars. Doing the most from the streets, bending corners, hitting coast to coast. Touching down the alphabetas, hooks and kettles. Taking the game into a barrel to the next plateau to start praying. Cause we pulling your car SMX ambassador Coming way too hard Ain't nothing new to this Heavy hitters was great Max OG's in the game The brand Supermax in 92 Yeah Much too much Massive appeal amongst the brands A diamond in the rough Razor shot Priest up Yeah Beautiful Wait a second So who was that rapping? That's me, sir. Get the fuck out that of here That is me That is me, brother Goddamn C-bands in the flesh Yes, sir What's your uh, writing style, man? Like, do you do you sit down with like graph paper? Do you got line paper? What do you do? Nah, man, I just uh, just man, I, what I do is I I come up with the beat, and then I just take my sharpie and just you know just let that beat play for about four or five days and come up with something. <laughs> yeah, hear that? It sounds better every every. It, it every does, loop. it does, brother. I mean, I, 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 by the time I'm done, I got about four or five Supermax anthems. Yeah. Right. You know I'm talking about? And I just, and then I'm going to just pick in the best one. Right. So, and how long have you been rapping, writing, and producing? How long has it been? Oh, man, it's been a long time. It's probably been about 20 years. So I mean you've you you've honed the craft and you're deep in the game. You've been doing it for a minute. You're not like Yeah, you know, uh 
did this started back in like ninety one when we were doing the when we were doing the after hour scene and we was uh you know man lucky we had Supermax he had the actual shop back oh. on Melrose at the time right and we and uh, a brother of mine was doing these after hours and uh, just picked it up from there. Because I was doing the funk room actually for Flammable Liquid, which is which was right? the after hours. Doc doing. Martin, Doc Martin was 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 the headliner. You know, my boy. Shouts out to Big Babalu, Big Babalu, OG, OG Flam crew. You know, but uh, yeah, man, it, it, that thing was that thing was uh, definitely it was a pioneering. The first after hours in Los Angeles started at three a.m. on a Sunday morning. Get the fuck out. 3 a.m. on a Sunday morning went till 10. If Doc was feeling super fly that day, he'd rock till noon. Hmm. But even what? even oh. before that, he he we we used to we used to enjoy hearing him uh uh sing the Cherry Hill, I believe. Uh, yeah. yeah. The Cherry Hill gang. Oh, Sugar Hill. Sugar Hill. Sugar, Sugar Hill again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Not everybody yeah, got yeah, their rapper's start. Rapper's Delight. Yeah, that's everybody, what kicked it off. Yeah, that's everybody got delight. their start on that. Yeah, everybody delight. loves that. Yep. Yep. Or, yep. Or, or he'd be breakdancing to a full crowd on the Redondo Beach Pier. Yeah. Is that true? Did you have a piece of cardboard? B-Boy Steve. B-Boy Steve. Parachute pants with zippers that's and right, shit? Hey, Puma. B-Boy Puma Steve. suits. Puma, baby. Puma. Right. Right, man. Wow. The whole shebang. Hey, so, I mean. And then, and then, you know, you. Then it went, you know, then, you see, I covered it all. Graph, rapping, breakdancing, DJing, and then the fashion. Right. That man yeah. got me in the fashion. Yeah. You got him in the fashion? Yes, sir. Hey, but senior man, I mean, honestly, and in, 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 let's just be real, because we talk a lot about the father-son and the handing off of generations. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for your dad to be like, okay, yeah, rap is something that's uh, going to be here and that, that actually is something you can do? Or did he always get it from the beginning? Oh, nah, man, he's always got it, man. He's always been supportive of everything. I'm is that true, Senior? Everything I do. Is that true? You, I mean, because you come from a generation where motherfuckers were playing instruments. I, I'm just speaking on mine. <laughs> my dad, when he first heard rap, thought it was a phase. Like, he thought, like, he'd be, he turned to me and be like, okay, so who's playing a guitar? And I'm like, nobody. And he's like, all right, well, who's singing? I'm like, nobody. He's like, well, hey, that's not going to last. What the fuck is that? It's a beat machine. Right. So, Senior, what was your perspective when it was coming into sort of the foreground there before it became something? I think your dad and my dad shared the same opinion. Your dad and I shared the same opinion. But uh, after after seeing the market reviews of that, um, I could see that it wasn't going to go away. It was only going to get bigger. Right. Mm-hmm. And what kind of music were you raised on and what was your sort of bent I, I, oldies, man. I was raised on trancheras and then oldies and then uh, salsa. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fania. The fa- yeah, I remember uh, that fan. Fania All-Stars. Fania All-Stars, well, yeah. Old man and my moms, they used to go to the Palladium, you know, go see uh, the Fania All-Stars, Oscar de Leon. And, uh, Actually, there's a local station out of Loyola Marymount. KXLU. KXLU. We, uh, it started about the same year that he was born. What year was that? 72. Good year. Youngster. Good fucking year. Youngster. Great year. The best year of music came out in 72, brother. And uh, it was very, very, uh, very moving, get you out of your chair type of beats. And, mm-hmm. and um, just another another phase of life. It's completely different from what you're hearing today mm-hmm. with your beats and things. But... Mm-hmm. I'm expecting somebody to move into that, that to create a genre. 
for example, uh, songs that, 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 that are written in Spanish, for example, mm-hmm. uh, the lyrics carry so much weight and so much meaning. And you want to try and get that over into into English. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for somebody to to pro- to begin to interpret right over the the music in the background, the, the lyrics in the background themselves. That's interesting. And yeah, I, I'm already, dude, uh, Mister. And I mean no disrespect, but Mister uh, Senior, please stay away from my wife because she's from Guatemala. She says the same exact thing. She's like the. Lyrics in Spanish, man, they got such a richness and the heaviness. It just doesn't really, you gotta, you can't just turn it into English and it's got he, the same meaning at a, all. He is, uh, a, he is a snake charmer. Well, he, here's a word, uh, here's a word, for example. Go ahead. Compadre. Godfather. Okay. Compadre. No, it's not Godfather. Yes. It has, well, it has is, no translation into English. Right. Mm. Well, compadre. Godfather, the, 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 Godfather is padrino. Padrino. Well, yeah, but when your compadres, you choose, uh, you you know, the, your compadre is the man who you choose to baptize your kid. That's exactly right. Right. But what to you're saying is there's a kind of brotherhood or a not a brotherhood, but a bond between two people that doesn't quite translate over into. And you know what? My wife and her mother, they were just talking about comadres. And they were just telling me they're like, what is it called in English when you're you got a comadre? Like, no. what is that? Jesus. Those are the those are the gossipers. Yeah, go back. Chismosas, yeah. the chismosas. Yeah. All right. Yo, yo, hablo un español porque. Better if you have a wife who's from Guatemala. Yeah, uh, sí, una chapina y chapina. Y su madre siempre hablaba conmigo en español. Y nuestro bebé tiene dos años y ella puede hablar inglés y español y un poquito chino. Okay, bonito. En poquito chino. Sí, porque uh, vamos a enseñarla el, el idioma de China, porque nosotros uh, creímos que el futuro uh, muchas personas uh, va a hablar, uh, hablar español. And we're, we're on the same page. I blow your mind. My dad used to tell me. You want to mm-hmm. be rich, son? Mm-hmm. Go learn Japanese, Russian, mm-hmm. and right. Spanish. Right. And you'll never be broke. That's true. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely true. Well, so, so Steve, Frank, yeah, yeah. How, how do we get listen, this thing? I, look, like I said, these the family name Juarez is is synonymous with Santa Monica. This is a long, long history. A big family um, have contributed in in so many different ways to the city and the community, but much deeper. Um, and you know, I wanted to get Frankie on the show. Uh, we were, we've been discussing it and talking about getting the right time. And you know his dad's always been very active in a couple in a couple of different things, business and then some things city having politics, to do with city politics, city politics, city right? For city council, right? So his dad's heavily involved in, and some issues that have been going on a long time, and stuff that his dad's been dealing with are really now ready to come to the forefront, and we've been talking about it. And, and listen, we decided, listen, let's get Big Frank Waters on the show. And bring his son in. And these people are like family. You know, I've known these people a long, long time, part of the community. And, uh, you know, and start talking it up. And and I think I had asked earlier, Frankie, how long did you say that your family's been pretty much in the Santa Monica, in, in Santa Monica? You guys posted up in Santa Monica back in when? Uh, about 1938 is when uh, they moved into the the oldest 
brick house on Delaware Street wow. where the city dump is today. Dude, Frank Street. Really? Yeah. Frank Street. Frank Street. They just don't Frank, Frank Street in Delaware. That is right where the dump's at now, no, right? right? Right, right. Dude, there was, there was an, a, a hole there, an oil that was created by taking, by extracting the ore that was used to make the brick for the brickyard that was there. Okay. And did you grow, so since 38, you grew up in Santa Monica? Born well, I, I wasn't born in 38. I was born in 49. Mm. Uh, but uh, the family was there 11 years uh, prior. In 49, we were we were on Grant Street, um, and uh, and that's when I was born. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good. Put it this way. My, my old man, he was born in uh, Queen of Angels. Came back to Grand Street, and uh, yeah, there's a picture with my dad, my dad on a horse that my grandfather owned. Oh, is that right? A horse, that's horse crazy. name was Arizona. Really? But yeah, that's how old man. I mean, you know, man, it is what it is. I mean, to correct me if I'm wrong. There's somewhere the family loans itself back to the origins of Juarez, Mexico. Is that how? Is that right or wrong? Your name? No, actually, no. no. Okay. Um, the my grandfather's my great grandfather Gabriel, my grandfather Sanon's dad, um, my dad's Sanon is my dad's dad. Gabriel was a Frenchman who found himself in Mexico during the time of the revolution. There was a lot of revolutions going on in Mexico in, in the mm-hmm. late what? 1800s. Late 1800s yeah. is revolution. What would a Frenchman be doing in Mexico at that they, time? The Frenchmen were trying to collect on a debt uh, to that Mexico owed France by taking land. And um, <sighs> Wait, wait, wait. Because I, I think this, does that have anything to do also with what Cinco de Mayo uh, is usually? Because I recall that France occupied Mexico for a minute and the town of Puebla, they... They repelled the French army and won that victory. And it's not really Mexican independence. It's about kicking the French ass and taking Mexico back from Mexico at that moment. They won that battle with rocks, sticks, and, sticks. and machetes. That's right. Yeah. They, they, wow. they, lost, they lost the Pueblo like within a week. But right. The, the significance of people uniting for a reason and to defend their Pueblo and fighting for it was was captured in that battle, yes. And they defeated the French forces that were had rifles and cannons and horses. And right. Robbery. Think about that. Wow. That's like the French Vietnam, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Vietnam's another subject. <laughs> and, and the French were involved in that originally too, right? Yeah, Bien Bien Phu. That's right. Man, I'm going to talk well, military history. Yeah, with this dude. oh, you're going to be able to. Right, and so, you know, along with a lot, I mean, and you know what? We could go into... We could have shows dedicated to these two guys because there's so much different history. But, you know, man, you're an ex-Vietnam veteran. Um, Frank, when did you serve? I uh, joined the Marine Corps in 1967. Oh, uh, fuck. I uh, left for Vietnam on January the 17th, 1968. Came back in February of 69. 13 months in the country, and then came back and got out. So hold on one second, because that was early in the war. Yeah. Actually, it was uh, during what they call the turning point of the war, 68 
was the uh, the battle at Quezon, mm. and uh, uh, my company was located uh, six clicks out of Quezon in a place called Kalu Valley, and um, Life magazine wrote up Case on the Battle of Quezon as the turning point of the war, and uh, it had started in '64, right, and. Uh, and then it in 75. 75. Right. The reason, I just want to say this. We're, we're bringing this to people's attention. We, we're from the West Side. And West L.A. is the federal. There's a lot going on with our soldiers in America right now. And there's a huge, there's a lot going on right here where we're from, from, from the Hard Luck Show. In our area, there's a lot going on with veterans and the homeless. That's and there's right, just right. so much. And that's why we thought it was important to talk about this and have this show. Go ahead, Juman. No, no, no. Okay, so taking off that, real briefly, so everybody can get kind of a handle on it. You're a guy that's from, you know, Los Angeles area, Santa you know, in Monica. the right, in the, the six. All right, we got it. West side, west up. Uh-uh-uh. We got it. Okay, but my question to you really is, what's it like for a guy like that to be dropped into Quezon? I mean, explain what it was the experience for you going to a completely new part of the world. That's a very good question because um, I've thought about, uh, well, you never forget it. You never forget the smell, number mm -hmm. one, when you get off the, when you get off the aircraft. Sure. And then the sights, um, the brilliant green of the forest. The lush. Yeah, it's real. It's like that green on that lighter right there. Right, right, right. And, um, and the people and... The, the the different language your your ears are searching for an English word every now mm. and then, but all you're hearing is this uh, foreign language. And after a while, you become used to it. And mm. but uh, the first thing that strikes you is, is the smell of diesel and dust and and um, <laughs> and war and raw sewage. Right. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's no. There was no. Running modern infrastructure in, in that location. <clears throat> so you're brought into this this new world. The sights, the sounds, the smells hit you at, uh, eight, at 18. Right. And That's what I. No, no. I really think about that because I mean, it's two I, years after being 16. Think about that. Right. You probably just discovered your dick at 14. Just getting used to busting a nut. Right. It's 12. Maybe 12. All right. I was a late bloomer. I was a late bloomer. All right. Here we go. All right. It was a lot of He's horn. old pro by the Yeah. 18 already. <laughs> Been around the horn and back. Right. Well groomed. I got brother. you. I got it. Okay. Very good. But the issue is, okay, so you're there, 18, right? Now, that's hitting the, the sort of the place where you land. At some point, right, they're going to send you into the bush. Yeah. So what? really goes on for an 18 year old when you're in the bush dealing with the insects and everything else that goes on in the bush i mean that had to have been a, a major like shock or at least a culture like some kind of weird awareness for you what happened well let me preface what i'm about to tell you by telling you that for every um for every infantry uh for every grunt yeah as we call them in the marine corps for every infantryman that's in the army um, that goes into the bush, there's 10 
uh, personnel that support that one person. There's there's uh, supply, there's right. clerks, right, and there's cooks. And I have the cross spatulas to uh, to prove it to you because I was uh, cook. I was a cook. But at that time, they don't have cooks anymore in the service. But at that time, uh, and being a Marine, they, your first job was to be a grunt. So they had a rule that when you uh, arrive in country, regardless of your, your MOS, your military occupational specialty, you were uh, sent, in, sent to perimeter duty. And um, on perimeter duty, you are actually in bunkers, sandbag bunkers that are placed strategically around the the camp and um, I was sent to Quang Tree perimeter duty uh, along the airstrip and there I, um, I, I was my first taste of, of frontline battle if you would say um, during the day we would go out on perimeter duty outside of the fence line Right. But not as deep as the grunts that were out doing recon or in some kind of forward patrols, position. Right. Yeah, and we encountered uh, the enemy there. Oh. Then in, in the evening, at night, we, before dark, we were back in our bunkers, and we were um, protecting the perimeter. I got to tell you this little story. The first day that I was there, I mean, I, I still had a sunburn on the side of my bald head from boot camp, you know mm. what I'm saying? And um, I got in there, and they put me in there with these, these two white boys, and there were three of us in there, and I was scared shitless. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what to Sean. expect. And, uh, what? And what? then then I... Uh, <laughs> I think he's trying I, to say, put a sound bed underneath a little layer. Yeah. To, but, okay. Well, and I, I smelled something, and... I, I didn't know what it was, really. And I, it got real pungent. And I, I looked around, and, and I mean, here I got my helmet on, my flak jacket on, I got my M16 pointed out, <laughs> locked and loaded, you know, and, and I'm going, what are you doing? And these guys are smoking a, a joint. They're laughing over and there. they started laughing at me. And, and I, I didn't know what marijuana was. Wow. That's not it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I, uh, you know, they said, here, try it, you know, so. Hey, brothers, pass my own band, the This is the first day? The this first day? The first, the first, uh, the first, actually the first day I arrived at Da Nang and then I caught the first flight out to Dong Ha. When I was in Dong Ha, that was the first day. Yeah. The next day they told me, no, you, you got to go down to perimeter duty in Quang Tree. Got down to Quang Tree, and then I got put out in this perimeter uh, station with these two guys. With well, Beavis and Butthead. It was probably the, <laughs> the, third, the third day. The third day. So I'm hitting this leño, and um, <laughs> the rest is history. <laughs> it's when he's, hey, when he became hip. Not hey, not, did you? so you not, liked it, huh? Well, well, it took him away from the fucking atmosphere right. of war going on. <laughs> Which was not a good thing. You know? Right. Right. Dangerous. I, I, I started, I, I got the jollies. I got a classic case of the jollies. What's the and jollies? I'm fucking laughing, man. I was Just... laughing. I was laughing so loud. They, now they were trying to shut me up. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. the fucking yeah. enemies out there. Remember, yeah. mind you, they're on perimeter duty. 
And here's my old man, 18 mm. years old. Laughing. And these brothers pass him the, was, the joint. I was belly laughing. Like, <laughs> 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 hey, you hear his kill. The more they tell me to shut up, the more. That happened, you know what? And I'm not lying. That happened to me at a funeral once. I got a case oh of the jollies. God. And the fact is, I'm not supposed to. I had to leave. I had yeah, to leave yeah, because yeah. it was real wrong, bro. Yeah, but I, I couldn't help it. I couldn't leave, man. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so I was there. I was there for the tour. And then um, I did 30 days of uh, perimeter duty there, and then I did went back to Dong Ha, and they go, well, that was there. Now you got to do it here. So I did 30 days of perimeter duty there, and that was not a good thing because of uh, what I saw. Uh, but anyway, God and I, country I had, uh, first for God and country. First, first, first two months in country, I was doing perimeter duty, and then then I finally went into the mess hall and which was a big wooden building. And uh, we always had a, a, a bunker outside, so when the incoming started coming, you ran outside and jumped in this hole. How often did that happen, that the incoming came and you guys it, had to drop shit and run? Incoming was every other day. God damn. Sean, can you imagine? I mean, you fancy oh, yourself dude, to be a, a bomb dropping on your ass. Yeah, he, Sean fancies himself. Old Blue Eyes fancies himself to be somewhat of a gourmand chef. Can you imagine trying to to make your little, you know, macaroni and cheese, right? Ribeyes, trying your to make fried your fried bologna sandwich <laughs> <laughs> with fucking incoming mortar, fucking coming down on you. Your little pop tarts. <laughs> your little pop tart. <laughs> Right? I mean, imagine what that would be like for an 18-year-old guy trying to fucking... Crazy. Hey, what goes on? What's part of cooking for an army like or a, a, a troops? What do you got to know? How, what's the real deal? A taste of home. Uh, actually, you, you follow the, uh, the training that, that was given to you. and Thank God you got that. But, uh, you know, you, you make large amounts. Right. <laughs> you make large amounts. And uh, this one day... Uh, you make large amounts in the in the galley, and you bring them out to the chow line, and you serve it. And once you're once once it's empty, you go back and get some more. One day, I was out there, and this uh, this troop of grunts, and these guys were real grunts. What does that mean? Uh, they were out there doing no, recon. No, we're not talking to you. Right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was there. Yeah, we're talking to the guy that was there. <laughs> I, no offense, but when it comes to like, I was let there. The man yeah, speak. No, I no, was there in his nutsack. Yeah, 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 right. Only half of you were there, bro. Yeah. Right. When we talk about rapping, we'll go back to you, bud. Let's get back to the uh, senior, please. Uh, excuse your son, please. <laughs> the grunts were the guys you said uh, were went out to the bush. Right. And these guys had been out in the bush for probably for a month because I could tell by the by the amount of mud that was caked onto their utilities. Fuck. And uh, mm. and I mean they were fresh out. They they didn't even have time to wash their face or anything. They had, they looked bad. They were lined up, and this I, I knew this was their first hot meal in, in a long time. Shit. And so I'm I'm there serving, and just like just like my son, I get loud and I'm just talking shit. Come on, you guys, you guys, we're gonna feed you good, and I'm throwing on extra servings and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And this uh, this this guy who was in supply, you know, he he cuts in line, you know, and I tell him, hey, uh, go to the back of the line, man. Mm. Come on, man. I said, you already ate, dude. I'm serving some men here. Mm. Right. You know? mm -hmm. And uh, 
that kind of sparks the guys up and smile, you know, where they hadn't smiled for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so the guy disgruntledly moves away. So uh, I run out of shit uh, on a shingle. That's what it was. That's what you said. Hey, tell, tell, hey, tell these young, Mr. and Mrs. Earbuds, listen up. What's shit on a shingle? Nobody knows shit anymore. Shit on a shingle is, uh, is chopped beef uh, fried in the pan. Uh, you put uh, flour in it, a little water, and seasoning, salt and pepper, and, and you stir it around, and you serve it on toast. Fuck. So anyway, I, I ran out, and I, I go back into the galley to get some more. And there's this guy from supply in my galley serving himself off the t off the stovetop, and uh, and I I threw his plate back into where this is the guy that you told to get lost. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And I said, hey, get the fuck out of my galley, man. You know, he goes, fuck you. I said, no, fuck you. And he said, you know, what are you gonna do about it? I said, well, look, we can go to the shitter. Now, <laughs> everybody in that camp in that area knows that. If you go to the shitter, you're going to either take a shit or you're going to fight. Mm -hmm. Right. That's where you went to fight. Sometimes both. So mm -hmm. we uh, were walking out there, and um, I don't know where this came from. I mean, I, 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 I wasn't a fighter. I mean, I did boxing before I went in the Marine Corps, but I wasn't, a, I wasn't a, an aggressive person. Mm. So anyway, long story short, uh, we, put, we, we got down to... To throw in hands and uh, and I I beat him and uh, and I gave him some he wanted some meat I gave him some meat mm. Mm. <laughs> you gave him some shit on a chain yeah. 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 yeah yeah you I served him, him yeah I served him up for, hey, hey man <laughs> I can tell served him up and I ever since then I I've, I've hated bullies and I've hated to see the underdog bully we hate bullies too. On the hard luck show, right? Don't we? Yeah, but the interesting thing about this is, I think, is you certainly you you have like a connection or a feeling related to the the guys that are serving with you. And there's some guys that need to be checked, and there's other guys that need maybe to be acknowledged because they're putting out a little bit more than somebody else. Which I think maybe fuels some of your thinking about you know what's going on today and how, where we're at in, in our country right now mm. and <clears throat> you know in the headlines right now right and you're a marine jarhead so that's like a that's like a different level what we see in the headlines right now is guys that spent 20 years in Afghanistan doing what uncle sam said you got to do and they're being evacuated out. You got a lot of people on one side saying they should stay. You got people on the other side saying we shouldn't waste one more American life over there. And in both of those camps probably have absolutely zero fucking idea what it was really like on the ground over there. From your perspective, where we're at kind of like right now, do you have any thoughts about the actual servicemen and, and what, what they're dealing with? Yeah, and... Yeah, I sure do. I, I can relate to to everything that you just said. In fact, uh, I think in today's language, or even back then, that feeling that I have is referred to as code. And um, there's code among veterans. There's code among uh, mm. active service personnel. And if you're fortunate enough, you'll you'll create some code out in civilian life that'll carry your values. Um, the thing about the Afghanistan situation 
right from the Jump Street is um, you never, ever publicize your withdrawal from a, a battlefield mm. um, for the simple reason that uh, your enemy is going to start planning on what to do when you withdraw. Right. Uh, unless you have political reasons for doing it, which is mm -hmm. what I think it's all about today. Mm. Unfortunately, the, uh, the soldier, the sailor, the airman, um, they are all uh, pawns right. in, on the chessboard. Mm. And um, theirs is not to reason why, theirs is but to do and die. But once you've done it, and if you've made it through and you have your, and you've paid your dues, and you're, now you're out on your own, you take a lesson from that. And, um, and you don't let nobody bully you. You don't let nobody push you around. You don't let nobody push your family around or your community around. And that's kind of what the attitude I've, I've taken, to a fault, I might add. Why do you say to a fault? I spent many, many, many hours uh, involved in in the uh, veteran issues and um, could have spent a lot more hours with the family. You know, I'm going to say something, which is there's a lot of different things that are of great value that I think we could all learn from from what you just said. But mm -hmm. I'm also going to say that, you know, it doesn't seem to matter what side of the aisle any of the politicians are on, right? But, and even 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 well-intentioned middle people, middle management types involved in all this other bullshit, they all, everybody. I mean, you couldn't throw a stone and not hit somebody who doesn't think the veterans deserve to get their medical benefits paid for. Their housing paid for. Everybody agrees. Nobody disagrees. In fact, you probably won't even get into office or have any friends if you go around saying veterans aren't entitled to anything. That Nobody will do that. And yet, year after motherfucking year, they are cheated. <clears throat> the same people that laid down. And you know what? I was looking it up as you were talking. It goes back beyond... It goes back to World War One. It goes to the Civil War. Mm. It is. And it's not just America. You can go to any of these European countries and the king or the government makes all these promises. We're going to show you the world. You're going to become a knight. You're going to slay dragons. Then they send you to Quezon to fight in the shitter. You fucking do all that bullshit. And then you come back and you look close at the paperwork and it's all this fine writing that cheats you out of what you were promised. Sounds like uh, the American way. No, I'm telling you, it is the, the global way. I think it is, and no, and everybody doesn't like it, but nobody does shit to change it, Mister no. Senior. Why? Balls why, in your court. Why has nobody actually put their money where the motherfucking mouth is? Because if if it's not in your backyard, you're not going to pay attention to it. Not my job, mm. not mine. Mm. Right. So I, I, I want to say that that when when my son told me about coming on on Hard Luck show today, I the words jumped out at me. Hard luck, hard luck, and that kind of goes along with bad luck. And, and and I just the first thing that comes to mind is that the saying of the guy that says shit. If it wasn't for 
bad luck, I'd have no mm-hmm. luck at all. Mm-hmm. Right. But luck is what you make of it. Luck is what you make of it. And uh, and it doesn't matter if you start out calling it the good luck show or the hard luck show. It's what it's what you, what you, what we make of it. And the only way that we're going to begin to make anything out of out of uh, a bad situation is to assess it, to brainstorm it, and then to and then to create the solution. But this has to be done not by one person, not by a handful of people. It has to be done by your listeners. Um, it has to be done by the respective networks of all your listeners. It has to be done by America. There's a principle at stake here. And the principle is uh, America's moral obligation to her defenders. And uh, we're not saying that all of them were John Wayne's. Like I told you earlier, for every John Wayne, you had 10 that are in support, that were on heightened alert, that were, that were serving in combat zones. Especially today with women coming into combat and more in the service, getting raped, mm. getting tore up, mm-hmm. and getting psychologically scarred uh, as a result of their wanting to serve like the 18-year-old that, that went in 1967 right. in the service. You know, it's, it's terrible what's happening there, and uh, it's a reality what's happening there. And so those that 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 make it through the gauntlet of, and not get raped, but make it to a, a battlefield, uh, only to to get the PTSD from there and then come back, and then be neglected even more because she's a woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know this is to Daisy. Uh, Daisy is a lady who went in the army, served in combat. I don't know if she got raped or not, but came back had PTSD, couldn't deal with it, and shot herself. Okay, there's suicide every day. She's probably an Afghanistan veteran, if not an Iraq. And I only know her first name because the gentleman that cuts our lawn was telling me about a family that he's helping with their, the plot, her, her grave plot. And I go, give me her last name. I want to know. I want to talk to their family. I don't want her to be forgotten. And none of them should be, none of us should be forgotten. I'm the president of the of the Eugene A. Obregón uh, Congressional Medal of Honor M- Memorial Foundation. We have a concrete slab in uh, Father Sarah Park across from Union Station. It's a black marble wall and it includes all of the names of all of the Medal of Honor recipients. Mm-hmm. Don't call them winners. Mm-hmm. They're recipients. And um, every year on May, on March the 25th, Medal of Honor Day, Recognition Day, we go to that monument and we have a ceremony. We've had lowrider cars there. We've had uh, uh, different uh, themes. Uh, the last large one that we had prior to COVID was um, uh, recognition of first responders. So um, I'm very, I'm very involved in that, and the recognition of uh, of the contributions of the men and women who served, as you pointed out earlier, is taken for granted. It's taken for granted. It's assumed that our tax dollars are taking care of uh, these men and women, and you. 
we fail to to realize that there's decision makers in between called politicians right and they they really fuck things up right <clears throat> and so pardon my language no 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 please listen is it this is this is an honest and open show where real people talk about real shit, and we're not trying to. We're, you know, so we ain't the fucking. We're not the View. We're not sugarcoated. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> in Los Angeles, right? Mm-hmm. There's a huge veteran presence because of the that VA. Um, I don't know what what is it called. It's called a center, or it's called what is that? I've gone there a couple of times to meet with. Uh, when I was uh, carrying a message of sobriety to some veterans, right? I'd go there and we would do some things, read stories, hear what they're doing. What What is that whole area over there on Wilshire or whatever that is? Yeah, and Wilshire actually cuts it right in half. Um, that was originally established. Uh, it was set up to be received in 1887 by an act of Congress. And then in 1888, on March 3rd, it was established as the Pacific branch of the National Home for uh, Disabled Volunteer Soldiers. Um, That is what it was established to be, and it was established in the, um, it was established in the the spirit that Abraham Lincoln had a couple of years prior uh, established. If you watch the movie Lincoln, the very last line and this is significant that uh, that this would be the last line is Lincoln in his second inaugural address stating that uh, the country owed um, the country owed it to those who had borne the battle mm-hmm. uh, their widows and their orphans mm-hmm. right and in that spirit in that spirit the um the home was established, and that's the spirit, that's the principle that I mentioned to you earlier that has to be maintained. People will argue, well, this that was 1888, this is 2021. Okay, what's, what's your point? Well, you can't live in the past like that. You're not living in the past. You're maintaining the principle that brought this country this far. Right. The principle to care for your own defenders, and um, that's falling apart but when you say when you say describe the title of the name of this place that you asked for the va what is it it's the va hospital is the va thing you say that it was the home for wounded is that what you said disabled disabled right veterans wait 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 second yes but you and he also posited it on lincoln right And 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 lincoln at the end of this first of all i mean it's not living in the past. You're right. But it is also the same thing as honoring the Constitution. That's an old-ass fucking document, but you got to go back to it to find out where, where we're supposed to go today. All right. What Senior's saying, it's interesting. Lincoln was the guy, the president, who right brought an end to the Civil War. Right. And you got to understand, that was brother against brother. Right. I mean, as deplorable as what was being fought about was, guys like Grant and Lee... Generals on opposite side went to West Point together. These motherfuckers knew each other, and all of a sudden they were aiming guns at each other and blowing each other's fucking legs off. Now look at this is a civil war, okay? Field medicine wasn't shit. 
probably hadn't changed for thousands of years at that point. Right. So motherfuckers, you know that whole thing about bite the bullet? Mm-hmm. All that shit comes from the Civil War when the sawbones, <laughs> the doctor, literally sawed your fucking leg off right there in the battlefield with no pain med except fucking corn white rye whiskey or something. That was it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And Eli Lilly. And these pharmaceutical motherfuckers that you hear about now, they most of them all got their start in figuring out how to handle pain management with motherfucking morphine in the Civil War, bro. Yeah. All right. So Lincoln says, Jesus Christ, we owe something to the guys. So you got your leg blown off or your disabled veteran, we got to take care of you for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what starts to open up this idea of a home and taking care of these guys. Mm-hmm. And that's why people don't like to hear that today because there's the veteran population is shrinking and the larger population is uh, is saying, well, what if, what if they just went into the service. You know, they got fed, you know, three meals a day. They had a rack to sleep on. They got this, they got that. They got clothes, even if it was a uniform or battle fatigue. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, 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 what do we owe them? Well, it's this, you know what you owe them? You owe them the, the rights that you're enjoying today as a citizen of the United States of America. Mm-hmm. The education that you're receiving, not necessarily are the veterans teaching you, but the veterans fought so that you could be taught. So that you're, you're not, so that we weren't taken over by communist ideology. Mm. Uh, so we weren't taken over by, by dictatorships. Mm. Um, and and and, not to say that those aren't right underneath the surface of, of things that are happening, but, but by maintaining principles, you maintain the defense so those things don't take over. Which which. If you really think about it, I'm going to fucking say I don't give a shit. These Trump motherfuckers, Mm -hmm. okay, the United States didn't completely fall apart during that insurrection, during that that attack on our capital, in part because we all knew somewhere there was a military with a code of honor, and they were not going to allow a dictator to somehow take control even though and it's been well documented racists had infiltrated some of these branches the police branches the military branches they they, they did they did try but along the way and you look at it when mattis mad dog mattis came out and said listen i never talk shit about a president no matter how fucked up they are because it goes against the military code but we've gotten to a place where I'm going to write a letter and say Trump is a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. He's ruined everything. Mm-hmm. He's not a soldier, man. He's not anybody mm-hmm. that understands anything about... You're going to wield fucking power to kill people across the world? You can't act like that. Otherwise, you're just a fucking bully. Yeah. And that's not what we're standing for. Yeah. Right? And, and those guys, right... So when you say... When somebody says today they're a little disconnected from maybe veterans and like, hey... You know, they joined. First of all, there's not a draft because there's people that are still volunteering. That's number one. In Vietnam, it wasn't like that. They say they, they, your number was up. Your number was up unless you had a blue flame shooting out your ass. <laughs> Second thing is, right? Second thing is, is because of the veterans, right? the freedoms that we hold dear. Yeah, you might say Afghanistan's got nothing to do with me. And you might have a point. 
But you know what does have a, to do with you? What happened in Washington, D.C. and us not getting taken over by these crazy fucks. Mm-hmm. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'd like, I'd like to bring the focus back mm-hmm. on the Afghanistan returning veterans, the Iraq veterans of today, the post nine one one, if you will, sure veterans. And um, there's a there's a tact that's used in the VA. They'll never acknowledge it or admit it, but uh, we we can tell you, veterans can tell you, delay, deny, and hope you die. Right. And uh, that's that's what uh, they've been doing with us now. Us Vietnam veterans, we're the old guys now. And um, the World War II veterans chartered us to keep up the fight to save the home uh, at, in, in West Los Angeles. But now it's us, and we're telling the, the, the younger uh, veteran, you know, don't give up this fight. If anything, you know, we may not get along, you know, there may be multi-generational differences. There may be racial differences, all that shit. But we are veterans, and right. and as veterans, that's our bond. That's our code. You guys need to stay on the same page. Right? Yeah, that's our code that I mentioned earlier. And as as veterans, don't give up that fight. Once you lose that that land, you will have lost the icon of America's moral obligation to to care for her defenders. So I want you to kind of peel this back and explain to us what is going on. With the, with West LA and the whole veterans' property and like, talk to me about some of that. Well, I, I brought I, over this. You brought over this advocacy, advocacy act of uh, NDHVS, the coalition. Talk to us about that and and this whole land racket thing. NHDVS, National NHDVS. Home for Disabled Volunteer Soldiers. We took the the letters of that and. And put that acronym to our coalition. We're a uh, we're an ad hoc group of, uh, of veterans and non-veterans. You know, taxpayers that know about this are pissed off mm-hmm. because um, billions, uh, well, a billion dollars a year is just the budget for the West LA. But the um, HHH money had uh, billions built into it for veterans. The other bonds and, and legislation that followed um, in the billions had money built into it for uh, a veteran shelter. You're saying, and you're, when you're saying billions built into it, for our listeners that aren't understanding, like, let us know what we're exactly describing here. We're talking about billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars that are supposedly going to help veterans that have now become manipulated by way of public to private partnerships between the county and the city of Los Angeles, um, and the money's not reaching the veterans. If anything, it's excluding the veterans from the land because of a failed master plan that they've developed. Okay, so hold on, stop there. And what I'm going to do is I want to bring our listeners to understand something. We have a huge veteran center. VA Center in West L.A. The biggest. 
The biggest, it's okay? It's the biggest. It's massive, right? Now, if my whole life we've driven by this place and the federal building and you see all this stuff. In the last few years, the whole pl- and this is like by Brentwood. This is a very affluent part of Los Angeles, wouldn't you say? Chumahan? It's prime real estate. Prime real estate. Where this is, is prime, prime real estate. It's right. Wilshire and... Uh, like the 405. Federal, 405. You know, Wilshire, like when you, when you drive up to 405 and you see where Wilshire is, if you take Wilshire as if you're going on to like San Vicente, getting around that San Vicente is on one side, there's a, there's a, there's a, veterans, a veteran cemetery, and then there's this giant... Giant, sits next to Brentwood, right, in Brentwood. Right, and it's a giant, it looks round kind of, but it's this giant fucking uh, structure. It's got multiple buildings. It's got its own streets and entrances from right, all directions. Right, 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 right. And you can go through all of that, and, and, and that's all supposed to be for the veteran support. They're supposed to be able to live there. There's a, a hospital there. All right, and so wait, you wait, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. So then you have this place, and you also have the Veterans Hospital. You also have the um, cemetery, the Veterans Cemetery. It's <laughs> right. all plotted in prime real estate smack dab in the middle of West Los Angeles. Right, right Brentwood. by Brentwood. Right. Brentwood, it's very affluent. And over the last maybe three to four years, five years, longer. we've begun, oh, longer, okay, we've begun to see, much as we know, okay, longer, much longer than that, as the homeless problem it sprouts up throughout Los Angeles. We've watched veterans put up tents. They have encamped around this whole facility now. We're watching our veterans there uh, in, in encampments, homeless encampments of veterans lined up all over Wilshire, all over San Vicente, surrounding all this. It, it looks crazy, Frank. This looks nuts. Like and looks- you drive by and you're like, those are our soldiers He's with American flags. So I was just trying to get our listeners that are listening to understand, like, why this is a huge blaring fucking red light in our city. Right. And then so just so so going back to the scam. So break it down piece by piece. So what happens with the county and the city? How is that related to the veteran deal? The county and the city were brought in um, a decade ago. Um, to create public-to-private partnerships, meaning that the federal government that is responsible for the stewardship of of the land. Right. I got to tell you, that land was over 800 acres at one time. (laughs) Think about that. It was wow. over, yeah. So it's they've already been they've fucking been, grabbing their yeah, shit yeah, and selling and off th- shit. Yes, this is a continuation assholes, of that. Man. So um, what what they do now is they say, oh well, we we went into agreement with the county metro, and they're going to put in the purple line to, to for the veterans. Everything is. You know how you know how a lot of commercials man. say for the kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, now this, now they're doing it for the veterans. Right. And that already sells, sounds like bullshit. Yeah, but but then the yeah, met- all of a sudden it has a heart. Yeah. But then the metro people fucked up and made a presentation. They go, and we're going to have it done by the 2028 Olympics nah. because that is the actual motivation for that purple line that's gone in and just leveled all of the topography of the home. They've removed hundred-year-old eucalyptus trees and gardens and things like that uh, in order to put the subway in in order to have the 2028 Olympic venue there. 
and you you include that with the Brentwood Village that wants to become Brentwood City, mm-hmm. and you include that with developers that see it as the prime property that you pointed out. Uh, the, it's the last open space. It is the last open space in Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah, they want. They would love to have a central like park area type thing. Dude, that is the most like centrally located as well. You know how people talk about Westwood or Beverly Hills. <laughs> Dude, that's more centrally located than anything. You can get to ten, four hundred five. Everything meets there. It's it's prime, they, and <laughs> and it's like a huge fucking gap that has been untouched. But, but what, you fa- what you fail to realize is that it was um, Bandini who they, they donated the land to, it, to the, the spirit. It, yes, yes, Arcadia Bandini and. Uh, and Senator Jones were the ones that uh, signed the first uh, deed that says permanently maintain it five times in the deed to permanently maintain it as a home, not a health care center. Right. For disabled veterans. Now, Fuck. I want to tell you what's, what they're doing, and, and this is the spin. Okay. They are, That's under enough. this failed master plan, they are developing their health care center. Well, their development of their healthcare center flies right in the face of permanently maintaining it as a home. Remember, this place was made as a home for veterans. For veterans, with a, if it had a healthcare center, that uh-huh. that's part of it. But okay. it it can never be a healthcare center with a home as an afterthought. Right. So can't it has to be primarily a home? Yes, for, for servicemen, for servicemen and women right. who can't listen. It's set up, I, and I'm only reading this from the fucking internet as we talk, so I'm not some genius. But the thing is, is it was set up to be homes for the veterans that couldn't like get a home themselves because they were hurt in the war or whatever. So they're supposed to be able to live there and enjoy it as a home. Mm. So what's happening right now is the the enemy never sleeps. That's another thing you learn from war. Mm-hmm. The enemy never sleeps. And so right now the Brentwood Community Council, the Brentwood people, the <sighs> the land grabbers that we yes, as we the call land them, grabbers. they are saying, "Oh, oh, Brentwood let's school. put let's put some tiny homes on the parking lots inside the fence, and we'll move all the veterans that are encamped outside the fence mm-hmm. because the land use policy doesn't let them in." into those little tiny homes. So that's their next strategy right now. Mm-hmm. What they're not saying is, let's go to the buildings that already exist where UCLA Research and uh, UCLA Baseball and all these areas that they've taken over, mm-hmm. get them the fuck out. Brentwood School, which is a private school that costs you $45,000 just to have your kid in first grade there. Right. You know, uh, They sit on this property? Yes, they took over. They, but are illegally. they renting it, or they no. just took it? They they rent it, but they like they they write off their landscaping and different things as part of their rent. So it's a land yeah. racket. It, it, it's a land racket. But, but in the deed. that needs to be exposed. And I want you listeners Hot. of of Hard Luck Show to know that we're so thankful that we're able to come and and tell you about this and. And get these questions that are bringing it out in the open, because veterans, it one a country that does not honor its veterans will not long endure, and that's another thing that Lincoln said. It's just it's just a violation of the deed, the deed of eighteen. Listen, let me tell you something, brother. As an American Indian, 
Okay? You, Some, know, you know everything about broken promises. <laughs> and yeah. land. Yeah, yeah. Broken promises about land. Yes, you do. And I'll tell you something. There may have been a time when American soldiers and the American Indian warrior might have been on opposite sides of the deal, right? Yeah. But we both come together in unity on the concept that if you make a goddamn promise and a contract with us, we expect the government to honor its agreement. Where this ain't no fucking welfare handout bullshit. You made a deal. Now stick to it. They signed it was an explicit promise. They signed that agreement to main, permanently maintain it as a home for disabled veterans. And that, and people will argue, well, they're not disabled, they're homeless. Look, you dumb shit, if you're homeless, <laughs> you're disabled. <laughs> Listen, and not only that, the first occupants of the home were unhoused veterans who walked down here from Northern California. And let me tell you something Fuck, else. Dude. Let me tell you something else. The, the other issue on this thing is, is like, number one, what does it mean to be disabled? All right. That means completely something different. Right. Second of all, the issue here is. You want people like when you got your home in 2008 on that mortgage bullshit that these well, these big bankers fucking defrauded the Americans on <laughs> and you bought your fucking you know, the American dream home with a mortgage you couldn't afford. but you the, your two and a half acres in Tehachapi. And, and your loan officer told you, don't worry, they don't care about credit right now, and blah, blah, blah. And then a year later, they came back on a foreclosure, and now you don't have your home? And you felt like that was a ripoff? This is ten times yeah. that. Yeah. This is a serious ripoff to somebody that shed blood, time, energy, life over there and they're here and the question is is and to the ter american taxpayer who's assuming that veterans are being taken care of there and i'm going to tell you something it is our responsibility like i was thinking about what you were saying and i was thinking about a lot of the different things that are going to need to change here going forward in the next hundred years for reals mm -hmm. i don't give a fuck which way you slice it in fact mm -hmm. i was just listening to a um a, a radio news um story about and this might sound like it doesn't matter but it does that these restaurants can't get people to come back to work anymore. That's right. And the fucking people that aren't coming back to work anymore are actually saying, it ain't fucking worth it. You're paying me two bucks or something an hour. The tips ain't enough. And you know what? It's backbreaking, thankless work. There was a time when right. I thought that, like, oh, work will free you or, or there's something to be gained by the da-da-da-da-da. These people are starting to question that value proposition now. And yeah. they should be, and they should yeah. join the ranks of the veterans and say, you know what? Fuck you. Pay what you owe, rich man. Pay what the fuck you owe. You got enough. Leave us alone. Save us. Give us a piece. We're all here together. Jobs aren't coming back. Let's get together. Fuck all the small the small differences. Let's shut this shit down. But 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 what you fail to realize, bro, is that. Well, I don't fail to realize anything. My well, friend. no, brother. Mm -hmm. but, but, but what's happening in front of our eyes? Go ahead. Especially his eyes. Go ahead. Him being an advocate. Yeah. And, and being on the forefront on the front line. Go ahead. Dude, the the the, the crooked politicians, the fucking the senators, the fucking uh, just people in power. That, that run the state. I mean, bro, my, my, my old man's been to Washington, D.C. more than fucking, on, you know, more than, two, you know, going on two handfuls of, you know. Yeah, to, but. To, to lobby, but, to lobby against it, but, but, he, but, but they find loopholes to make it okay. Listen, let me you tell know? you something. Let me tell you something. You're right. I'm not saying you're wrong. And I'm not saying it's not a dark night out there right now. That's not what I'm saying. You're right. 
But I am also saying, you look back at American history, there's some times, though, when the people came together and said, enough is a fucking enough. Oh, no, that definitely has to happen here, brother, because or, or else there won't be no... Listen, you know. civil rights. People today can't even imagine what was going on during civil rights. Right? They, but by the time civil rights happened, there'd already been a lot of crooked politicians and a lot of bullshit. Believe you me, this shit goes back to the founding of the country. So, so, but when the people get big enough, when they get together enough and they refuse to fucking leave, that's when the people in power have to eventually. And Sanders was somewhat close. He scared the Hillary Clinton machine. And, and, and I don't do you one better. The way I think it is, this is what I really think. I think Sanders was representative of a social change that needs to happen that's getting close. I think that Trump came along to scare everyone into thinking like, well, we better stick to what we got right now because we don't want to lose it. We almost lost it all to this, to this crazy guy. So we're going to go back to this middle ground bullshit where these crooked politicians continue, right? Continue to take the taxpayer money and they continue to rip off everyone who's doing work for them. And I believe that ultimately we have to go back to a Sanders style collective and say, fuck it. White people aren't getting paid. Veterans are getting paid. Black people aren't getting paid. Chicanos are getting paid. American Indians are getting paid. Gays aren't getting paid. Straights are getting paid. Fucking everyone's job is almost gone and in the toilet. Education is a fucking mess. And all they've got right now is that they got some, you know, video games, apps, and streaming services to keep you confused and off the thing. All the news sucks. Everybody knows a conspiracy, but yet nobody can stop the government from ripping everyone off. So fuck you and your conspiracy. All right? What we need is a new brotherhood where all of us can get together and say, you know what? Fuck that. Chuban, the the beauty of veteran issues is that veteran issues are apolitical. Right. And as long as we as long as we walk that line, mm-hmm. we can we can become very strong and very united. Yes. We must do that and um and and, and freely we 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 can help solve the general population homeless issue once <laughs> you've solved the veteran unhoused issue. I won't call them homeless because they have a home. It's just somebody stole the keys. Right. Fuck, right. man, dude. They're not homeless. Right. Right. They're not homeless. And nobody's homeless. No. Right. You're right about that. Too. You're right. Fuck? Just like nobody should be starving. Right. Or, no, or, they want to live in the streets. They want to yeah, do their drugs. Know, they want to do no, this. What, what, what it is is they want to stay off the fucking grid because they don't want to deal with the bullshit that, you know, that's being that 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 they're watching. Unfold. That this is happening though. In the, that this, you know, it's it makes me sick, bro. That this is happening in the United States. I hate to say that Dude, it's happening but in it, our backyard, it, brother. It, but it, it, it's <laughs> it's a country that you would think would have a handle on this, bro. This is what Sanders was trying to say eight years ago. He was saying, and in no disrespect to Obama and all this other people, but he was saying like. It shouldn't be what what I'm proposing. What Sanders was proposing, the socialized medicine and all that mm-hmm. shit, that ain't a radical idea. They've been doing that in Europe for decades. They tried to dress it up like he was talking about communism. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm just saying like 
the the I think you're right, senior. I think if if, if veterans issues is they are apolitical, but they touch everybody, and everybody could get behind the concept of like, look. I mean, whatever these fucking crooked politicians and the world leaders shaking hands in those fucking cigar rooms and bullshit yeah. backbiting and that, whatever they force our soldiers to do, we ain't putting that on them. Right. That's on these assholes. Right. Our soldiers are there to do what they're supposed to do, and they do do it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's all of us. We're paying taxes, mm-hmm. right? We're fucking paying sales tax. I don't, don't give me a big fucking spiel about how the rich pay all the income tax. Motherfuckers be paying sales tax all day and every day, especially on that goddamn gas. That's fueling a lot of shit. And I'll tell you something else. They can get behind the veterans. We can get behind the veterans and say enough is a fuck enough. Mm-hmm. Why are we all trying to do it alone? The key word is genuine. Are you genuine in what you want to do to solve the problem, or are you disingenuous? This failed master plan that they've been shoving down our throats at West L.A. for years is the most disingenuous land racket that has ever been created. It is. It surpassed the T-Bot Dome scandal of the last century. Right. And it's, it's by dollars and cents, the biggest— Land racket in U.S. government history. Take us and fill us in with... Now, okay, you're sharing this with us and our listeners right now. Obviously, you have a coalition set up. So there are some other people. Who, like, where are you at legally? Who's representing you guys? Have these people come together and start got legal team to help them? Like, are you guys... They've been trying to tell them, they've been trying to say these motherfuckers, that that, that him and his advocate advocate group are are the ones that are, you know, the bad guys. Oh, sure. They're gonna... That's that's right out of the Nazi playbook. You blame the people for the crime you're doing. Right. Lucky... That's that's a very good question, and we get that question every day. Uh, as 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 our plight is realized, that's the first thing off uh, most people's lips is who's you, you got a case here, you know, take it to the courts. But what we realize is that the land grabbers would love nothing better than to tie us up for years in court, and then they would go in in the meanwhile and. And the, the rape of taking the land and take the rest of the land. <laughs> right. Possession then, is nine-tenths of the law. Possession is nine-tenths of the law. Thank mm-hmm. you. So what we are doing is we're coming to the people. We're coming to Hard Luck Show. We're coming to different venues. We're using the Internet. We're hitting the streets. We're, we're hitting the streets. We're passing out flyers mm-hmm. because it's going to be the people that turn this around. And I appreciate Chuman, your comments today about uh, us coming together as a brotherhood and a sisterhood, right? Um, in in association with the veterans, and once we once we get this problem fixed, which we should be able to do immediately, once we get all the the support, then we move on and fix other other issues. You, there's there's nothing written into the Constitution itself that protects veterans' uh, uh, entitlements or privileges. Uh, they'll tell you, well, no, we we have the Department of Veterans Affairs for that, you know. But, yeah, but you don't have it written into the Constitution. Maybe we should have something written into the Constitution because uh, Rome, Rome fell after it stopped uh, honoring its its gladiators. Right. Um, 
you brought up Hitler and um, mm. and you brought up uh, veterans of other countries. Um, our our main researcher uh, uncovered information that shows that uh, the veterans of Germany, World War One, were actually used to to build the uh, um, the uh, Stalags and to build the the. The places where they the concentration the camps, concentration camps, and then they were even used to be the first guinea pigs to see how well the the gas chambers worked. Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah. So, um, and prior to that, uh, Hitler, as uh, as the uh, he was head of a department, uh, defense, I believe. He he kept moving the veterans around, like people are moving them around today giving them vouchers, putting them in a hotel for a couple of weeks, sending them to Lancaster, get them out of my backyard type thing, instead of addressing the root problems. You know what, man? That's, that, that, you know, the reason why it's not in the Constitution and the reason why these, uh, these fucks all around the world, you know what? Because if you really had to take care of your soldier, if you had to actually take care of your soldier, you just wouldn't be so quick to get into war. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, mm-hmm. fuck. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just sign off on a war, send people over there if you think I don't have to pay for it. I'm not going to have to pay for it, and I'm not going to have to be accountable. Yeah. Deal with it later. Right. But you know what? We might have a better foreign policy if we really took care of our veterans. Then we would say, well... I mean, mm. sure, I'm sure you'll want to do that, but you got to understand, we're going to have to take care of these guys for the rest of their life. Afghanistan veterans today. Jesus Christ. You would the not suicide have. suicide rate, man. The suicide rate amongst those guys is crazy. And that goes right into the delay, let them die kind of thing. They go, oh, it's a, it's a terrible what's happening. We're, tr- we're on it. You know what? We're going to assign another committee to study the issue. Because we want some answers. And they hope during that study, a vast majority of them die. And they go, well, there's nothing we can do. They're gone already. That's that is how it no, is. No, what's fucked up is is when the soldiers can go to our soldiers from Afghanistan and and and, and you know they're going to the the, the West LA uh, VA and getting turned away because they got you know because they got a Jones you know right a lot of them a lot of them are using because of the shit they saw imagine, over there you know imagine and they're told to go back well we can't help you man. So they, you know, either they're they're hitting, they're going back to Skid Row, or they're they're hitting. They're, they're, I mean, they're here in West LA. No, no, no. Check know? this out. Check this out. Imagine the disgusting irony of sending a soldier to Afghanistan where they make the heroin. The only then thing- he comes back, becomes hooked on the heroin, and, and they them, say, we can't, help you. "We can't help you because right, you're on drugs." Right, 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 right. Fuck that. That's crazy. Actually, uh, there was a news broadcast on Channel Five. Uh, 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 Afghanistan soldier who came back a hero and then he became a shooter um, down in Texas and uh, right. he took out an innocent soul and then he was uh, taken out by SWAT, riddled his body. Um, his name is Dionisio Garza and his mom um, Michelle was interviewed on, on, on that broadcast KTLA. and she's worked with us um, and um, another lady, Tracy Hartman, she's she had her son Jared. Uh, he died on on Sixth in Town. 
uh, of a hot shot, but that was after the VA had denied kicked, him, denied him, kicked him off the property for almost overdosing on the property. But he bought the heroin from the drug rehab in the drug rehab program. Of course, where he was at. So there's uh, there's a million stories mm-hmm. that that uh, favor what we're talking about here, uh, but nobody's listening. Uh, is there a court? Is there a case like uh, the the people versus? Is that going on? Or are you trying well, to get was, it to that place? There was a case. It's uh, it's uh, Valentini versus Shinseki, and that was settled in uh, in twenty thirteen. In Judge uh, Stefan Otero, I believe, uh, ruled that. There were nine illegal leases on the property. Mm-hmm. Uh, one was Brentwood School. One was the oil drilling. One was UCLA baseball. And and with a flick of a pin, the administrators turned them from being illegal lease holders into being service providers. Right. So loopholes. Right. Fucking bullshit. And it's what and it's what and it's what and it's what they call their master plan. But this is why you can't. This is why. Fuckers, this is why you can't necessarily. This is why I think senior is saying it's got to be the people. There can't be any of this rational. We're gonna follow the yeah, letter of the law right. shit because they're gonna twist it. They we got to just. They say, want you to be nice too. Fuck that. I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. Yeah. I learned a long time ago. Hate they ain't ever nice. gonna like me if I play their game. Yeah. That ain't ever gonna happen. I'm not gonna get a seat at the, at the table by playing their game. Mm-mm. And then ever not for a guy like me. So fuck that. All right. I can do is just exert as much influence <laughs> until you have to deal with me. Thank you. Right? I like that. That's why I'll tell you something, man. Talking to you changed my perspective on Forrest Gump. What's that? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something. This is I it changed Fine. my perspective on Forrest Gump because and I'm not trying to necessarily say it's not an entertaining film and Tom Hanks doesn't do a slow adult real good. He does. But you know what? Forrest Gump's a fantasy. Right. Of course it is. Forrest Gump is, is a fantasy that, like, somehow if you're just dumb enough to follow directions. It all works out. You're going to survive a war right. and it's all going to work out for you. And you're going to get rich and everyone's going to treat you fair and all that other kind of crap. You're going to get to talk to the president. You're going to get the girl. And you know what, man? It makes it seem like it's really the individual soldier's responsibility to take care of everything and make sure he goes right. It takes it, the government has no accountability in Forrest Gump at fucking all. Zero. You don't know why you're there, you don't know what's going on. You just know if it's up to the soldier to do the right thing. It's up to the soldier to get himself back safe. It's up to the soldier. Mm-hmm. And I hate that. I think yeah. he's still a soldier, man. I, he's still a soldier fighting a fucking war, man. You know, he's on the front lines over here that fucking advocating for the, you know, West, West LA land tell, grab. Tell us about, you know? uh, tell, I know there was something going on with UCLA. What was going on with UCLA? UCLA is one of the biggest, if not the biggest land grabber. They're right there. They want that property to expand. Right. To their expand campus. Their Jackie Robinson Stadium. Yeah, they're right yeah. there. If if anybody's there, besides the Veterans Hospital, it's UCLA well, is the other know, big look, thing. Look, and Bel Air is like right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a triangulation. You know, yes, that, like, yes, like, of money. Yeah. They, you have Brentwood, 
you have UCLA and you have the and then they, the, the speculators, the developers, and then they, and then it's you know Feinstein, Senator Feinstein, who runs hand in hand, and, and her husband is a chancellor. If, it was the chancellor of UCLA. They did a bunch of crooked These shit. universities, by the way, have changed their nature in the last 40 or 50 years. Like, these public universities, in the 60s, one of the things they discovered was that it was too easy to get a good education. Berkeley, UC Berkeley, all those places in the 60s didn't cost that much money. You, and you in a regular fucking schmoke could get up there and get the fucking and get exposed to all these new ideas and everything and that all that shit led to a highly educated wealthy out of work kids that could start sitting in and saying fuck you and all this other shit which eventually was part of the cause of ending the Vietnam War it wasn't mm -hmm. only cause it was part of it Reagan and all of his fuck faces figured out <laughs> It's true. Right. Yeah, it is. We gotta create a huge debt load. Apolitical. A huge debt load so that if you wanna go to these universities, you're gonna have to fucking pay up a lot or have to go to work for the man in order to pay off the debt. And you're not gonna have time to sit around and complain about what's going on with the veterans. You're not gonna have time to meet senior and sit there and go, you know what? That's a, I never thought about it like that, man. Hmm. You're right. Right. And these rich bastards had gone into these universities and they've turned them into private slash nonprofit like little goodie bags. And they sit there and they jack each other off and they fucking name shit after other people and they take in all these fucking donations and all this bullshit and pump out experts like at Stanford who are going to listen into your conversations at Facebook. That's what's going on. No. You know, it's it's wow. It's blast. It's blasphemy. Blasphemy to talk about UCLA if you're from Southern California. Hey, I went to UCLA, you by know, the way. And 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 UCLA mm. saved Children's Hospital, saved my granddaughter mm. um, from a very serious uh, uh, illness. Mm. Um, I'm not talking about that part of UCLA. Right. I'm mm. talking about the the mean spirited. Uh, uh, clandestine their agenda, meetings, the agenda, agenda that knows that they're doing wrong to to veterans, that knows they're they're manipulating taxpayer money. I'm talking about that element that comes at us with uh, big money and big influence. Um, Feinstein, Ted, look, Lute. look, look man, when my old man was was when they were making a, when when they when they started this started making a lot of noise and making the people aware. They're, they, they, it's their advocacy group that was making this noise. UCLA created a, a coalition of veterans that went there mm -hmm. as students who were who were veterans, mm -hmm. and basically, basically they, 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 they put it on them instead of instead of going to his advocacy group and say and saying, hey, you know, we we're come, we want to work with you guys, you know, we want to come up with this master plan. No man, they didn't come to them, which it should have been them. They went. They they formed this coalition of UCLA veterans, therefore, turning it around by saying, "Do you agree with this master plan that we're that we have here?" And when it was supposed to be theirs, because if it was theirs, they would have said, "Fuck you." That's not what the fuck. That's not the plan. That's right. not the plan that we want. And you, you know? know what? I want to say something. <clears throat> you know the the people that do good work in medicine at UCLA. 
they're going to do good work in medicine wherever they're at because those types of people are dedicated to medicine. And UCLA wants to use that to cover up, right? They provide them, they use that. It's the same thing as what you said when it's like, whoa, we'll do it for the children or we'll do it for the veterans. It's like this one good deed is used to obscure the agenda. Thank you. They, um, years ago, I mean, when Frankie was a little guy, and we lived, we managed apartments right on the corner from uh, the VA. And I started going to the VA. Um, I used to see uh, World War II veterans and Korean War veterans walking around like zombies. And I'm saying to myself, what, what, what these brothers really got fucked up over there. Mm-hmm. They didn't mm-hmm. get fucked up over there. No, they, were. they mm-hmm. got fucked up, up here. over here. And UCLA was giving them 10 bucks, 20 bucks to take a pill. And uh, they've been they've been using veterans as lab rats, <laughs> even today. More, more recently, I believe today, that. More yeah. more recently, there's, there's there's studies that they were giving. Our researcher found out they were giving them meth, man. That they were giving them meth. They of were course. paying them to take meth. They were coming onto the gift land. I never call it a campus. They were coming onto the gift land, and they were enticing veterans that were trying to get off drugs to. Take some money to take some meth so they can see the studies. And those studies were being uh, financed by other outside interests like, of course. like tobacco. Right. And check this out. And they do mm. all that shit. And that's how, right, and part of these studies that they do on these vets, right, because they're always trying to figure out, like, okay, number one, how can, how can we make a soldier that doesn't need to sleep? Right. right, that's a fucking problem. Body and all that other shit's gonna say. Uh, pilot up in the air for seventy-two hours. Mm-hmm. You know how they figured out how to dial in all that shit from testing on vets, giving them all this crazy shit, all these different drugs, and of course we all know that LSD, right? All these other drugs were tested on veterans. That uh, that came out of UCLA West LA. Right there, there was a big study of LSD. Uh, what was that white horse? Or... Oh, Bill Cooper. Yeah, Bill Cooper, William Cooper. Right. Behold the pale horse. That yeah, that? that's Behold right. Behold the pale horse. Yeah, I know that book. So, so how do we? Where do we yeah, go? Yeah, where to do learn? we go? How do we give you money? Yeah, how do we fucking we show do? up and camp out? And um, let me give you a link. Do it. Mm-hmm. It's um, nhdvs.net. Nhdvs.net. And if you pay attention to my story, I'll have the story posted. NHDVS.net is um, a compilation of all the evidence, uncontested, I have to tell you, Mm. uncontested evidence um, that shows collusion and corruption between uh, land grabbers, uh, the elements that I've described to you, and the VA bureaucrats that are on the take, crooked politicians, shit like that. Yeah, uncontested. He's, he, man, he's got a partner, man. He's got a partner that lives in the Brentwood community. I ain't going to mention oh, really? no names. Mm. I ain't going to mention his name. Is it true? It's Steven Spielberg? Mm. No. Oh. no. No, 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 no. <laughs> but his boy, but his boy, his boy, he's, he's, in, he's like... Spielberg's fucking, kids went to Brentwood school. He's an investigator, man. He's an investigator, and he's... It's all public fucking record that this dude, that, that, he, that he knows how to get into... is a forensic... Uh, and, finds, and, and finds out that these fucking politicians... Are fucking right in the muck of the shit, you know? Of course, because here's the, here's what's going here's what's going down, man. FBI, it all FBI goes FBI down FBI. to the, all the fucking big architectural fucking firms yep. in Los Angeles. Yeah, 
the Frank Gehrys, the big architects who are good. Come on, man. You don't think that that, that being a prime real estate. Caruso. That they're going to not have big, you know, big architectural firms and these to 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 to, to make uh to if they were given the land to to make it to to put buildings on there that are yeah. landmark, you mm-hmm. know, like yeah. it's going to put fucking regular buildings on there, man, you know. But <laughs> well, me, condos all over. Let the me part. summarize. I hear the music in the background. Let yeah, me, let me summarize. Do it. Uh, you know, we we've taken this conversation from the history of my family into into this very important subject and it's appreciated, believe me. Um, but in the movie, Forrest Gump, at the very end of the movie, here again, one of these big breakers, you know, the, the very final scene, uh, he's sitting on a bus bench, right? Yeah. And uh, his kid goes off to school, right? And what, what do you see next? You see a feather in the air. In Spanish, which we were talking about earlier as well, mm-hmm. Some things don't translate, but in Spanish there's a song about how um, a feather in the air is, is guided by the winds. I think that the public winds um, that we stir up will help us in this situation, um, will help us overcome these uh, injustices to the rights of veterans, the equal and human rights mm-hmm. of people that have uh, taken the oath um, Many have, have witnessed carnage. Mm-hmm. Many have inflicted carnage. Mm-hmm. Um, many have supported them in that. Mm-hmm. But they did their job. Um, they did their job. <laughs> so God God bless us all. God bless us all. Hey, man, thank you guys for having us on the show today, man. Well, listen, listen. I want to thank both of you guys for being on the show. I want to also remind people. Um, that this is uh, the NDHVS Coalition. NHDVS. NHDVS Coalition Advocacy. Advocacy. The link, again, is www.nhdvs.net. And you can find out more on this subject matter and how you can support and help out. And we're going to keep you posted on it. Um, Big Frank. Do you have any shout-outs that you'd like to give before we sign off today? Yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out for Gene Signs, New York. Um, Janelle Williams. Uh, uh, Janelle Wolves mm-hmm. in North Carolina. All the advocates uh, that have supported us and come together. Uh, the Boots in the Ground guys, Rob Reynolds, who's really the coordinator of the veterans along Veteran Row. The residents themselves of Veteran Row and um, and my family that's put up with a lot of my bullshit. Ah, <laughs> yeah. Frank, you got any shout-outs? Yeah, I want to shout-out to Big Luck and Chumahan and Sean. And Sean, man, you guys are doing a hell of a fucking, you guys are doing a hell of a thing with the Hard Luck Show, man. You guys are covering uh, covering it all, brothers. Covering it all, yeah. and uh, I appreciate you guys for this. Thank maybe, you. maybe, maybe C Bandit's gonna have to do a little rap for us uh, another time. Uh, a little, another, hard, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll but, but no, but I'm time. saying a hard luck. Maybe we need a hard luck. It would be an honor. Hard hey, luck rap. That'd be I dope. go home and make a beat, and I, or have Sean make a beat. Yeah, I'm, 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 this I'm, motherfucker can make a beat. Yeah, I know he does. Yeah, I got listen to the fucking intro. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, bro. Shout outs. I'm done with it. Shout out. Shout outs to the neighborhood, Santa Monica. Whole West Side. Shout out to Supermax. Shout out to uh, shout out to you guys, man. 
the children. You guys are doing it, brothers. See Bandit. My family. Yeah. Like I said, you know, all the homies. Yeah. That's right. That's right baby. Oh, shout out to the world famous, baby. That's right. A world famous. The world's famous. Yeah. That says it all there. <laughs> yeah. What you got, Sean? Nothing. Oh, come on. Come on. Movemento. Movemento. Shout outs. What? No. No, not today. Look at this guy's Wait, arms. His arms this? are getting big. Yeah, I know. What yeah. are you doing, bro? Are you working out? What are you lifting weights? I call him in the morning. He's out of breath. Yeah. What are you doing in the morning? <laughs> yeah. yeah, a little workout. Yeah, what do you do? What's your What's your routine? Yeah, don't don't hide it. Different. Don't Don't keep it it's to yourself. Different every day. Every, all of us want to get fit. Come on. What's it's your workout? Different every day. Oh, blue eyes. My nays are chest. Chest. Hey, one day yeah. it's Cindy. One day it's uh, yeah. Angela. Yeah. <laughs> one day it's Asian. One day it's Latin. Yeah. That's right, brother. Yeah. yeah, he's got a big stack of magazines with all kinds of different girls right. in it. <laughs> Lots of playlists. Yeah. All right. Uh, listen, Ovando Bowen LLP. We were braids to court. Let the tomahawks fly. The best representation money can buy. We stand behind the veterans. We stand behind the American Indians. Anybody who isn't getting a fair deal, we stand behind you. Let's go get it. Yeah. Shout out today. I want to give a shout out. Hey, check out www.supermaxhardware.com. Just dropped some new tanks and truckers. September 1st, we got some more drops coming, so keep an eye out. Big shout out to the Soul Assassin family. Stevon Oreo Mugs. Big shout out to the Vibes. Whole Vibes team. Shout out to Cookies and Burner. And um, I want to give a shout out to the city of Santa Monica, California. That's right, homie. To everybody out there. We're the sending world's you guys love. The, world the world's famous. The world's famous, baby. And uh, a shout out to my grandson and my kids. And uh, Sean. Yeah. Put on.